I'm going on vacation and I'm bringing um, a can opener. What are you bringing? I'm going on a vacation and I'm bringing shirts. No, you're not. Ugh. I'm going on vacation and I'm bringing um, sunscreen. What are you bringing? I'm going on vacation and I'm bringing a coat. No, you're not. Fuck this game. I don't get it. It's really not that hard. You just gotta listen. Nicole, if Jigsaw asked me to play this game, I would choose to die instead because my will isn't strong enough. Girl, the Blu-ray player only works every few days. We gotta do something to pass the time. <laughs> do you want to play tic-tac-toe again? We can do like a five by five this time. I don't think we have enough Blu-rays for X's and O's if we do one that big. Even with the three copies of Spiral this collection has for some reason? Even with the three copies of Spiral. I don't know, maybe there was a sale or something. Uh, maybe. I didn't expect to be mostly bored in the saw trap. Wait, you hear that? What the hell is that? Because that's definitely not the pipes. I know what they fucking sound like after all this time in here. Is anybody down there? Claudia? Nicole? Oh my god, yes! We're here! Holy shit, someone actually found us! I, I'm, I'm Frank Chase. I'm a detective. The Discord helped me find you. Are the stairs booby-trapped or something? I mean, I don't think so, but we really have no way of knowing. We've been strapped to bear traps for weeks. Okay, well, I'm gonna come on down. Just stay calm. Everything's gonna be- Oh, shit! Oh my- Oh my god, is he dead? Frank? Are you dead? I think he's dead. Was there a booby trap? No. Looks like his shoelace was untied. Jesus Christ. Ugh. Well, at least we don't have to be down here with a dead body for long, because we are on Saw, the final chapter, so... Oh my god, Nicole. What What do you mean, oh my god, Nicole? This is the last one, right? Claudia. <sighs> Claudia! Well... No! <laughs> Let the game begin. Up. And welcome to We See Saw, a Saw rewatch podcast where we see Saw. I'm Claudia. And I'm Nicole. And today we are talking about Saw 7, aka Saw 3D, aka Saw the Final Chapter, 2010, directed by Kevin Grutier again, and written by Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan. Nicole, what did you think of Saw 7, aka Saw 3D, aka Saw the Final Chapter? This was my least favorite Saw movie. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. I did not like it at all. <laughs> I, like, really dislike, like, 70% of this movie. Mm -hmm. I gotta say, the last, like, 30% of this movie kind of rules in how stupid it is. They got me in the last, like, five minutes, honestly. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm like, this kind of fucking slaps a little bit, but... Yeah. It just, it was so stupid. 
while watching it, I was trying to not count the stupid 3D shit against my <laughs> yeah. like, total score. Because, God, it was so fucking corny seeing shit thrown at the camera. I'm like, ah, oh, this is so... This I will never fucking <laughs> forgive James Cameron for what he did to horror. Because literally... Every single fucking horror franchise that has a movie that comes out around like 2009, 2010 mm-hmm. has a 3D entry. And it's always, always terrible looking. Garbage. It's always like the worst entry too. fucking Final Destination 4, Saw 3D. I think Paranormal Activity had a terrible one too, though I think that was way later on. Yeah, because the first one came out in 2009. I think it wasn't until 6 that they did a 3D one, but man, the 3D craze lasted a long time too. Far too long. Any long is too long. I personally never cared for 3D. That shit gives me a headache. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you're going to do it, don't make it so obvious. Like, it's just so corny, especially because I'm watching it in 2D in my stupid little home. You're just making it impossible to rewatch. It's so cringy. <laughs> like, we both agree that it looks bad, I think it has to look bad in a lot of ways. I think that's just how it looks when you're trying to make it like 3D with the actual glasses. I think that's just how it's going to convert into 2D. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but like... I I think so. Because, I mean, watching it, I feel like there were things that were kind of blurred out or just looked a little off. Yeah. And so I was wondering if that was because I'm watching a 3D movie in 2D, like God intended. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Want to watch a 3D movie? Go outside, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I did really enjoy a couple of the, like, whoa, 3D moments. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the moment at the end. I mean, I'm going to mention now, but, like, the moment at the end where there is a saw thrown at the screen, I was like, that's kind of pogged up, to be honest. (laughs) I feel like at that point, the movie was just so batshit off the rails. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, let's just do it. It got so ridiculous. The movie had me kind of cheering at the end. Honestly, yeah. Again, when it just went off the fucking rails, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to lean into it. Yeah. (laughs) I think once I stopped expecting a Saw movie, (laughs) I just had more fun with it. This, in a lot of ways, feels the least connected to every other Saw movie Mm -hmm. because they fucking ran out of characters. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's dead. They have a completely new set of investigators just for this movie. Yeah. Oh, man. And like, it's not like they act like we're supposed to know them, really. Yeah. But it's like, I'm not going to get attached to these characters. They're Mm going to be dead by the end of the film. And they have no real character. If they like kept Perez, uh, her her, like... (sighs) aliveness being a secret until this movie then i would have been like okay at least i know this person and she has history with the jigsaw murders and all that stuff so she has more like personal motive to be there and solve these crimes but i'm like who the fuck is this gibson guy yeah like i don't give a shit about him which also one of my notes here is that i did not think he was a very good actor. He was so bad. He was so I'm bad. I'm so sorry to Chad Danella. Oh no, his name's Chad. I'm sure that you are good in other things. You have a pretty long page. Oh, you were in the original Final Destination. You were Todd. Oh! I like you in that one. Yeah, you did a terrible job here. I'm, I'm going to chalk it up to the directing, to be honest. Oh, in 2015, he played Ben in Jew parentheses-ish. Oh. <laughs> 
he just was not working with a good script or something because yeah he was not great i'm like this guy kind of sucks <laughs> yeah i feel it was partly the script he mm -hmm. he didn't have a lot to work on i think yeah like what are his character motivations besides i kind of want to stop this serial killer guy and i have like a personal vengeance against him that we're mm -hmm. going to establish yeah i feel bad because it's really not his fault i don't think i don't think so either I don't think I could do good with this script. Not that I'm the most fantastic actor in the world, but like, come on. It was not good. <laughs> like About halfway through the movie, I was like, Jesus Christ, is this over? The pacing in this movie is weird. Yes. I feel it doesn't start until like half an hour in. Yeah. And then it goes like fast and then slow and then fast and then slow. I mm -hmm. don't understand what the script is doing. Melton and Dunstan had such a, an amazingly strong start with Saw 4. I mean, I know we said we really loved Saw 6 overall, but I also think the writing in there is not the most strong. Nah. I think they haven't written much of a good movie since. Damn. Saw 5 blows. Yeah. It's only surpassed by this film because this film was terrible. <laughs> this was so bad. I was like, you know, kind of excited going into it because I said, okay, this is the final installment at the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was excited. I said, how are they going to wrap up the storyline? Like, what are they going to do with Mark? Who are they going to bring back? Because they have to bring back somebody. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this... <laughs> like really sucks yeah i did get a kick of who they brought back though yeah let's get into it okay let's get into it so we open on dr gordon and i was like oh shit that's my boy yeah hey guess what do you know why carrie uh first of all um i would like to take a moment to apologize to carrie elwes who i've been pronouncing his last name as yules for the past decade uh, I don't know why. I would like to apologize for not saying his last name for the past decade because I did not have any idea how to pronounce it. And then I just took your lead when you said Yules. <laughs> so I, I think it kind of looks like Yules. <laughs> like, like it's it's a kind of like weird British spelling, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I've been watching this man for years since like the Princess Bride. How the fuck do I say his last name? And I just never bothered to look it up. <laughs> Anyway, Carrie Elwes, after Saul 1 came out, I just learned this like last night. Mm -hmm. He sued the producers. He sued like everyone in charge of Saw. I learned this just minutes before recording when I opened up yeah. the trivia page. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's why he hasn't been in anything else, despite being like vaguely mentioned in every single film. Yeah. Because they couldn't get Carrie back for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, they settled out of court. Oh, the lawsuit listeners was because he felt that he wasn't properly compensated for how well Saw actually did. He said that he was promised like 1% of the revenue or something like that, mm. which he didn't get. Oh. Allegedly didn't get. It, it seemed like a lot of weird shit. I read some of it, it was like, the producer said, oh, we're going to make more money than we ever made on anything before with Saw. I kind of trust no one's exact word here. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> okay, so one of the things I just saw on the trivia page is that 
In a Massachusetts branch of Showcase Cinemas, this film was accidentally screened instead of the 3D animated film Megamind. No. Traumatizing its young audience. <laughs> Showcase Cinemas is the chain of theaters near me. This could have happened in like my town. <laughs> oh no. So, so I, bad. I need to dig deeper. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> it's giving oh, um my God. Pan's Labyrinth when people are like, oh, oh let's my God, take my yeah. little baby child to this movie that's so cute and fantastical. And they see fucking the guy <laughs> with the fucking eyes on his hands, Doug Jones being creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I know that movie theaters had to hang two signs, one of which is like, yes, the movie is in Spanish. And the other one being like, this is not a movie for children. <laughs> <laughs> what a great film. One of my favorites of all time. Maybe my literal favorite film. Really? Yeah. Uh, no, it's up there for me. That also Shape of Water, another Del Toro, mm. also in my top. Anyway, so Saw 3D, uh, aka Saw 7, <laughs> aka Saw the Final Chapter. Saw 3D, my actual favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the greatest cinematic masterpiece of our generation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Can't say that with a straight face. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, we were talking about the plot. Yeah, so we opened up on Dr. Gordon. And this is at the end of the first movie after he cut off his leg and got out of the bathroom. So we see him like dragging himself on the linoleum or concrete flooring. I don't know materials. (laughs) And he sees this like steaming pipe that, you know, burns to the touch. And the motherfucker cauterizes his own leg. It's badass. I got to say, the fact that he hesitates for so long before doing it, I'm like... Dude, you just cut off your own foot. One, how much sensation do you even have left there right now? Mm-hmm. And two, like, there's no way this could hurt more than cutting off your own foot. Yeah, like, it's gonna suck, but... Yeah, I feel like I would be like, oh, whatever. Psh. That's the sound of me cauterizing my foot. Ah, uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then we stop there. And now we get to, like... The actual movie, I guess. And my first note here is, why is everything so bright and vibrant? Yeah, this is the most colorful and bright Saw scene we have ever had. I know, I didn't like it. It made me uncomfortable. Yeah, it's just like a random kind of nice spring day in downtown Toronto. And (laughs) like, it's so obviously Toronto too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In, you know, city USA. Oh, yes. Toronto, Canada and City, USA. (laughs) Yeah, it was very weird. And I don't know. It's just like I made a note of the lighting in like an earlier episode, Mm -hmm. how everything's always like kind of green and dingy looking. And then we have this fucking beautiful ass day. And it reminds me of like, you know, when sometimes movies, and I feel like this usually applies to TV movies and stuff, are usually so aggressively HD that it looks off. Yeah. It gave me like that same kind of vibe. And so I didn't like looking at it. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't right. I gotta say something about it being so bright and so in the middle of the day almost like weirds me out more. Yeah. Than if this were just in like a random warehouse or whatever. So because of that, when we open up onto our first trap, which at two minutes and 45 seconds in, we see our first saw. Yep. We see what I just called the alpha male trap. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah, so it's two dudes and they each are like chained or something to like a rotary saw in front of them. And then there's this bitch hanging from the top from the ceiling. And they're in the middle of this fucking plaza in this glass 
case or something. And people are just watching, like horrified, but they're watching. I gotta say, do you think this is a commentary on the voyeuristic nature of the torture in Saw movies? Okay, kind of leading up to that. I want I want to read my notes here. I said, is this some weird kind of social commentary and not a real trap? This shit looks fake as hell, TBH. <laughs> nope. Real trap. Yeah, apparently. But also social commentary. But also, how the fuck did Mark set this shit up without anybody noticing? I mean, the background, I I was looking at this setup, and it looks like it is some kind of store window or, like, display. Mm -hmm. And it had, like, construction looks to it. Not like it was under construction, like this was some kind of... I don't know, fucking fashion thing, and they had, like, some sexy construction workers or something. (laughs) It looked like it wouldn't look out of place to, like, have the saws in this thing, and then all you have to do is bring bring the people, I guess. I know, there's still a lot more questions of of how you're, you're dumping these bodies into there. And of course, them waking up, like, exactly when they need to, and also yep. all three at the same time, silly. Yeah, Saw classic. So, okay, also in this movie, the blood looked really weird. So for the first, like, 75% of this trap, I was like, this is fake. <laughs> like, this, like, someone's doing something exactly what you mention is how it was like a commentary on like the voyeuristic nature of previous saw films and so i thought it was some artists in the movie who were like oh see like we're proving a point how like you fucking sickos would take your phones out and watch these people die in front of you because you're so morbidly curious and it's gross nicole you just wrote a much better plot than Thank saw you. seven because it's essentially <laughs> the same thing as what happens in saw seven but it has connection to the opening kill and it like ties <laughs> that idea in more yeah thank you <laughs> hire me <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll get to it but i actually like the idea behind the trap gauntlet in saw seven agreed yes I think that plot is cool. I agree, yes. But again, the lighting, the weird looking blood, because it looked very pink in this movie. Did you notice that? I didn't. Maybe it was the 3D. I thought it looked hella pink, and I was like, what the fuck is this? That's why I was like, this looks fake as hell. This shit looked like slightly darkened (laughs) Pepto-Bismol. And so another thing that made me think that this was fake was when Billy rolled up into the scene on his little tricycle. So the whole thing was the two guys both were sleeping with the same woman who was dangling above them. She, I guess, would use them to commit crimes for her, like steal shit or whatever. And so Billy called her toxic, which I was like, that sounds weird. I really love that he used the term toxic. It's like she <laughs> she is she is toxic, she's problematic. We're going to cancel her. And then he says the whole trap here is the two guys can either play kind of like a tug of war to saw each other in half so that they live and the chick lives, or they can just let the chick die. And so he says, you can prove who's the alpha male here. And so I'm like, all right, between toxic and alpha male, there's no fucking way this is a real trap. This is some kind of weird commentary. Uh, No, it was a real trap. And that still surprises me even now after having watched it and now talking about it. Do you think Mark in universe wrote that kind of tongue in cheek? I have no idea. I think Mans has watched too much Andrew Tate. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) 
like Mark just sucks as Jigsaw. He does. Which we know already, but like this first trap sucked. It was Garbo. I mean, okay, not the trap itself. The trap itself was fine. But I think just the whole setup, Billy's little speech about, you know, alpha male and toxic females, whatever. I'm like, this sucks. It's weird. It's weird. It's like, it's so different from what we've seen before. Like Saw as a whole, I think of like as a pretty like smart series. I'm like, okay, we have all these traps, you know, and we have all these, you know, loose ends that eventually get tied in at the end. It's more complex than just like a regular slasher film. And so this was just so like stupid to me. (laughs) Yeah, I got to admit. Yeah, I have a lot of feelings about this movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited if to hear you can them. tell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I went off last episode about that bit with Amanda, so I'm oh excited God. to hear your, your stuff about everything <laughs> in this movie. So stupid. The resolution of this trap is at one point, the girl like chooses one of them and she's like, fucking kill him. Fucking kill Ryan, Chad. Isn't it <laughs> one of their names? It's literally Chad. Oh, no, it's Brad. I know. Brad's still up there in the, in the fuckboy name list, though. Yeah. So Brad, like, pushes the saw really hard, and it does, like, cut Ryan on the chest a little bit, but Ryan pushes back. And then I forget if it's Brad or if it's Ryan who's like, you know what, actually, and he, like, pushes it straight, like, into the center so that the center saw is pointing up at the girlfriend who's being slowly lowered onto it. But I know one of them is like, Hey man, dying over this girl is pointless. Yeah. <laughs> she fucked me and you're a bad man. Come on. She's not worth it. Which like, yeah. <laughs> they put aside their differences and kill their mutual girlfriend. Aww. So it wasn't until the point where she starts getting sawed in half that I was like, oh, this is a real trap. And even then yeah. <laughs> I, I was I, ha- I was waiting. I'm like, she's hooked up in some weird way where this is like a prosthetic or like a fake body mm-hmm. and these are fake organs and shit this is just like a sausage link yeah like in until dawn yeah because the blood didn't look real so i had to like reprogram my brain into thinking oh if it's pinkish it's real blood apparently they didn't <laughs> look like it so i was so convinced up until the last possible second that this was fake yeah so already off to a disappointing start <laughs> So R.I.P. Dina or Dinah. Dina, I think it is. Dina's probably correct. Then we go back to the Saw soap opera where Mark has just had like half of his face ripped open by the reverse bear trap. He is stalking around trying to bandage his hand that he, he like punched through some glass to do the thing where he like stopped it with the bars, which is still cool. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. And so Jill, the second he like smashed through that window was out of there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like i don't even care if i see if he dies or not she hides like behind some boxes and mark like comes right up to her but doesn't see her which how did he not see her because she was hiding behind like some coats too and yeah. there was a huge ass gap i'm like how does this bitch not see her i'd be on the lookout <laughs> you know you don't think i would notice this grown woman yeah i guess he's distracted by his face I guess. But also the time it took for him to because she saw him stick his face in between those bars to prevent Mm -hmm. the reverse bear trap from ripping him apart. So he had time to do that to rip his face off and then like also yell around in pain for a little bit. And she couldn't have gotten away in that time. She was still like in there. I don't know. I don't know why she chose to hide rather than run. Just keep running, girl. She does that a couple of times. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Women. (laughs) (laughs) Jill goes to the police 
and these two new detectives there, they're talking and uh, one of them's like, so that's Jill Tuck, John Kramer's ex-wife. She won't talk to the FBI and she doesn't want to talk to Homicide. And this one guy, Gibson, he's like, yeah, that's that's probably best. I wouldn't want to talk to them either or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he goes in and he interviews Jill and Jill is like, Mark Hoffman has been working with John from basically the beginning and he is still killing. And Gibson gets so pogged up by this idea. Right? He's like, are you willing to testify that? And she's like, yes, in exchange for immunity. And he's like, hell yeah, brother. (laughs) So if Jill can get them evidence, then she will be granted immunity as long as she testifies against Mark as well. Mm -hmm. So then we go to Bobby Dagan. Bobby Dagan is going to be our main character for the B-plot. My note here was, girl, who the fuck is Bobby? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's kind of the thing. You're supposed to kind of be like, who the fuck is this? Because Bobby Dagan is going on a book tour. He wrote a book about his experience in a saw trap. He is like on a talk show right now. Also, I did enjoy that a couple of the shots seem to very obviously be filmed on like talk show cameras. Mm Mm-hmm. He's saying how he had to put hooks into his pectoral muscles because the pectoral muscles have enough like holding strength to lift a human body. What? And he had to climb up a chain with the hooks in him. And I forget what the rest of it was, but that's the important part. That was his test. And after that, he felt so alive. It changed him. And it's just amazing what this has done for his life by my book. Good for him. Make yeah. that money. Honestly. He after, you know, after surviving all of that, good for him. Make that money. <laughs> Honestly, if I survived a saw trap, hell yes, I'm getting a book deal. 100%. I'm milking that shit for all it's worth. You think I have all this trauma now for nothing? Nah, I'm going to make bank off of it, baby. My ass is already traumatized from other things. What's some more trauma? <laughs> I'll do some EMDR about it. Monetize your trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, it's Claudia of the Alexandrite system. (laughs) Monetize your drama like I did. (laughs) So then we see one of my favorite moments in the film. We go to a jigsaw survivor group with Bobby. This is a PR event for Bobby, but apparently this group just kind of meets regularly anyway. At first I was like, cool, we're going to see like all of our favorite people again. And to a degree we do. Yeah. But also, there are like four random people inserted in there. Like three of the people around the circle have no lines, and I've never seen them before. The Saul Wiki has never seen them before. Mm-hmm. And one of them, Sydney, we get a quick one minute recap of her saw trap that they just fucking made up. The monkey bar trap? Oh my god, the American gladiators duel. Oh, <laughs> where she and her, like, abusive boyfriend or husband or whatever were dangled above a pit (laughs) of, like, (laughs) upside-down lawnmowers that were turned on. (laughs) The lawnmowers, man. How did they get up there in the first place? Because they were hanging on, like, they were holding on. Yeah, it raises a lot of questions. I have to assume, you know, the hangman one, how you start the trap is you have to grab the things to begin with. Mm-hmm. Then it like goes taut and then you have to choose one. Yeah. I have to assume that they had to grab this bar and then the floor fell out from under them. 
mm-hmm. to reveal the upside down lawnmowers. Oh, God. Yeah. I really like how she just fucking slaps him and then he falls to his death. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, good for her. R.I.P. to her abusive partner. Uh, Alex. No relation. R.I.P. to Alex. (laughs) (laughs) I had another note here is, oh shit, the armless bitch is back. Yeah, Simone's here. (laughs) So Sydney is saying like, I'm glad that he died. I'm glad that I was put in there. Like it changed me and let me escape him. And Sydney's like, oh, you couldn't break up with him until he was killed. Really? Bobby starts to say, like, you know, Jigsaw has changed a lot of our lives. And Simone is like, the only benefit that I have had is I get handicapped parking at the damn ball. Does she even say benefit? I just think that that was like the only change. Yeah, something like that. Because like her outlook on life didn't change. Like nothing for her has changed other than now she gets handicapped parking. So like, how is this supposed to help her? I mostly remember the way she delivered at the damn mall. Yeah. (laughs) Great delivery. Is she so real for that, honestly? Yeah. Also, we do get a lot of cameos, though, mostly from the last two movies. Addie is here, the secretary from The Hangman Trap in 6. Malik, one of the hand crotch people from 5, he's here, and he also confirms that Brit also survived, so good for them. Emily, from the shotgun carousel, the one with the kids, is here. And the mother of the mother and son is there and i must say ma'am you did not survive jack shit you got an apology from john kramer personally i guess she got kidnapped which is a little scary and she did watch a guy melt in front of her (laughs) that her son kind of sort of killed she was going to kill him though okay question about the last movie so they had the option to keep William alive, but they didn't. And Pam was a witness to that. Do you think that she could have pressed charges hmm. against the son for killing him? Because he didn't have to, but he did. Well, we don't see the son here. Maybe his ass is in jail. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. That's my head cannon. <laughs> I mean, he was a pretty powerful person. I'm sure he left Pam a lot of money and that she can use to sue the shit out of him. Oh, probably. And it's like, damn, now this lady's husband's dead and her son's in jail. Kind of sucks. Back <laughs> to this hope movie, that though. first lawsuit goes through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> and then <gasps> Bobby starts saying some shit. Then we hear some some sarcastic ass applause <laughs> from the back of the church. And Dr. Gordon is there. He stands up with, with his cane, of course. And he says something like, How wonderful of you to come here and include us all in your promotional DVD. Because this is being filmed, by the way. Also, somebody asks, it's like, oh, why is this being filmed? Don't these people have to consent to that before it's filmed? Yeah. Shouldn't they have this like sign release forms or something? Because I know if my ass is in a support group for something as deeply traumatizing as being kidnapped and put into a saw trap... I'm not going to let some motherfucker film me and profit off of that shit. If anything, I'm going to film me and profit off of that shit. <laughs> My YouTube channel is going to go crazy once I get <laughs> once I get out of this saw trap. <laughs> Monetize our kidnapping. <laughs> yeah, maybe they signed the waiver, but now one of them is like, hey, why is this being filmed? Even if they sign a waiver, it's just like, damn, don't you have to let them know ahead of time? Yeah. But also, way for them to ask, like, while they're already, like, in this and not beforehand. When I see the cameras, I'd be like, hey, what's going on? But no, they just wanted to wait, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Gotta do it dramatically. So, yeah, Dr. Gordon gives him some some very 
<laughs> some very <laughs> thinly veiled words of like fuck you yeah and bobby gives like a little speech of like i found someone who is my rock my wife joyce also at one point he does take his shirt off and he's like look at this look at my scars scars are kind of cool kind of cool but also i didn't look at them i said those are kind of baby scars yeah for having giant hooks in you Uh uh-huh he said, look at this, you know, your your mental wounds will heal, but like something about these are your badges of honor or whatever. Some bullshit where I'm I like, sir. This guy. Oh, he's he fucking sucks. So then his ass gets kidnapped, like right outside of the building. <laughs> we also had at one point we had a part where Jill had a dream that she was stuck in a saw trap. And I was like, oh, no, R.I.P. Jill. And I said, oh, never mind. <laughs> Girl, Jill fucking explodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in her dream and she wakes up in in a panic for a split second i was like i don't remember her dying right here when i saw this movie last time (laughs) like surely she can get out of this and then the fucking like rail cart with the giant spike on it plows through her body and she fucking explodes i was like god damn we see like titty and everything (laughs) because he rips her shirt apart and she goes like her body parts are flying everywhere. We see whole titty. It was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it was all a dream. Yeah, all a dream. I don't think that should count for a trap we write. Then we get to another trap, which I called Glue Trap Rube Goldberg Machine. Yeah, I wrote Rube Goldberg Machine too. <laughs> yeah, so we have Evan, his girlfriend, and his two friends who are all racists. Also, Evan is Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park. That's who it was. I was like, why did this guy look so familiar? Yeah, R.I.P. Chester. R.I.P. Chester. Evan is trapped in a Rube Goldberg machine of death. This is definitely one of the more creative setups that Mark has done. Mark loves an elaborate setup. And he loves time limits. (laughs) Oh my god. Every single time limit in this movie is like fucking 60 seconds. I'm like, Mark, get a new gimmick. Yeah. Make your traps better. I know that you're kind of rushed, seeming as you seemingly, seeming as you have killed like 50 people now, Mm -hmm. just like by yourself implied. And I don't know, the 60 seconds, it's like, it's not even worth considering at that point. Oh, well, this trap was only 30 seconds. Oh, great. So Evan is super glued to the leather seat of his car, which is propped up on a jack. In 30 seconds, if he doesn't pull a handle, what does he need to do? Yeah, he needs to pull a handle that will like jack up his car so that it doesn't fall and he doesn't run over the face of his girlfriend, which will then in turn, the car will also is also accelerating. Yeah. Uh, and so... How does this fucking work? Okay, so right now everything is stationary. When the timer starts, the car starts accelerating on the jack still. So the wheels are really starting to spin. And if he does not like jack on fast enough, <laughs> uh, he, <laughs> the car wheel will fall onto his girlfriend's head, killing her instantly. Pretty, I, I don't know, kind of a painless death, all things considered. Yeah. Your head just kind of explodes immediately. Yeah. And when it accelerates forward, it will also pull the chains attached to, like, the face and body of the guy behind him and will also plow into another guy. Yeah. (laughs) It's real fucked up. Very Rip Goldberg, you know? Gotta say, one of the few Saw victims where I'm like, I'm just kind of like sitting back being like, 
Damn, oh no, I I hope he gets out. Don't get out. Oh yeah, because I don't know if we had mentioned this, but they are all racists. Yeah, they're fucking skinhead racists. Yeah. Except for the girlfriend who's probably a longhead racist. True. But yeah, 30 seconds, which is not a very long time. Also, again, a 30 seconds isn't a long time, but... I don't know. Like once I noticed that I couldn't like fucking rip my body off of the seat, I take off my pants and use those to hook onto the lever and pull it down. Yeah. I'm built different. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how he is fused to the seat, but like he has to rip off like fucking all of his skin. Yeah. What the fuck? It's it's grotesque. Yeah. Dude, this film grossed me out in so many parts. I actually made a note here, and this was right after I put Next Trap, Glue Trap, Rube Goldberg. My note here was honestly not a fan of this one so far. Gore seems masturbatory. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing about this movie. All the gore seems to be to have been like cranked up. This is the most graphic Saw movie. Mm-hmm. Like normally it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's tasteful, but like they don't linger on it. Yeah. They linger on the act and not the gore. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've definitely gotten gorier as the movies went on, but this one was just like too much. I I did not like this one. I mean, it's the same writers and the same fucking director as the last one. Do you think there was like studio interference? I think it was a combination of things, maybe studio interference, but I also think one, it being 3D, they of course wanted to milk that stupid effect. So they're like, oh, let's have organs and blood and shit splatter everywhere for them to really milk this 3D effect. And also them thinking that this was going to be the last one. They probably were like, let's go out with a bang. Let's make this fucking disgusting. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So I really do wonder if the next movie is going to be like significantly or like notably less gory, but we'll get into my predictions at the end of this. Yeah, I get predictions too, because I haven't seen Jigsaw. Oh, exciting. Yeah, we're in new territory for both of us after this movie. Hell yeah. So yeah, anyway, Evan can't do it. The wheel falls on his girlfriend's head. It fucking explodes and crushes it. It's real gross. And then <laughs> and then the rest of this is honestly kind of comical where it like rips off <laughs> yeah. his friend's jaw and his arms like really, really quickly and kind of cartoonishly. And then the car plows into his other friend. And he's like, ooh. And, <laughs> and they go through a wall. <laughs> Yeah, they go through like the garage door and crash into another car in this junkyard and Chester Bennington goes flying out the front window. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking wild. It's so stupid. It's Looney Tunes. Yes. And so like I also kind of justified the Looney Tunes-ness of the traps because Mark's a fucking idiot. Like he's (laughs) he's just like a big old lug, you know, Amanda, you know called him out and called him stupid a bunch of times without like straight up calling him stupid. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And I feel like these kinds of silly little Looney Tunes traps aren't. They're not clever. Yeah. For someone like Amanda or John to come up with. They're yeah. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and so it just fits with this character because he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. So yeah, everyone dies. It looks terrible. The effects are also bad. That's the thing. So it's gross, bad. but it's also terrible looking. Real quick, because I know in the last couple of movies we we went over what they were rated like audience ratings and shit like that are we gonna touch on that at the end or do we want to bring that up like i'm i'm curious i didn't look it up nine percent okay i just looked up nine percent on rotten tomatoes is it the lowest yeah okay well deserved <laughs> i think the other lowest was saw four which 
un unfucking deserved. Though undeserved. Saw Four has like double the rating that this does. Not that that's saying much. <laughs> yeah, this movie was garbage. It was so bad. Anyway, let's let's move on. Oh wait, real quick. R.I.P. Evan, Kara, Dan, and Jake. <laughs> they definitely did not say those names in the movie besides nope. Evan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Saw Wiki. For real. So we enter Bobby's game. Not to be confused with Bobby's World starring Howie Mandel. Oh, th thank you for, for clarifying. <laughs> yeah, and just in case anyone was confused. First of all, the tape starts playing and immediately I'm like, that's not Mark, that's John. Mm -hmm. That means like this is yet another like post-death, get him when you can kind of game. <laughs> for real. Much like William Easton. So John's like, you and your publicity team have been really riding high off of your book and your experience, an experience that I know for certain you did not have. Ooh. You fucking, you little liar. Get his ass. He's like, you have one hour to get through this fucking gauntlet, and at the end, your wife is currently chained up. If you want to rescue her ass, you better get there in one hour. So something I noticed is that usually when we have some kind of timer, it starts after the video is done playing. Like your time begins now. Oh. The timer started while the video was playing. I'm like, bro, you're just wasting his time. Unfair. Those extra seconds could have come in handy later, but. Yeah. Also, this starts 60 minutes from the end in real time. Woo, in woo, real woo. time. I love it. I love that Saw does that so consistently. <laughs> But it also raises a lot of questions about how long it takes to walk from trial to trial. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so Bobby is in a cage and then the cage is like pulled up on a chain. So he's like standing upright now. And then these like spikes flip down onto the floor. These like big flat solid spikes. Yeah. They're really kind of widely spaced apart. Mm -hmm. And Bobby like kind of holds on to the bars of the cage and then the floor of the cage drops out from under him and he's like oh shit oh shit you could have lowered your ass onto there it is not that far to the ground also here's my thought because he's in this cage right and the cage is like hoisted up so he's hanging there's like this like pulley handle that he needs to pull on and that's what releases the bottom of the cage that is my first thought i was like he's gonna pull that and that's just gonna fall out from under him mm -hmm. why was he still standing on the ground i would have placed my feet like in the rungs the the bars of the cage so that my full body weight wasn't being supported by this obvious trap yeah the fucking idiot but i don't know i'm built different yeah exactly <laughs> i'm gonna say he like swings the cage back and forth and then just like jumps off and it's like wow you solved that in like 0.2 seconds a real effective trap john i think that was a mark addition he's a fucking idiot yeah. I think it was like not so much a trap so much as like a here's a little warm up for you because it's like if you're, <laughs> yeah. if you're stupid and fall through, then it's like you're going to get hurt. And so it's like, good luck doing everything else after that, idiot. Ha ha. Here's your tutorial. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> then we cut back to the cops and Jill real quick where Gibson tosses the reverse bear trap at her and he's like, "Ooh, cool design. By the way, it has your fingerprints all over it. He didn't tell me that Hoffman was after you because he tried to kill him. And she's like, well, you know, Oops. I'm just I'm just a little guy. Yeah, she's she's just a little guy. Also, the cop at this point tells her that another game is going on. How does he know that? Because they don't find out that Bobby has been kidnapped until a little bit later. Mm -hmm. So what the hell is he talking about? 
That's a question. Even if, like, the three or four other people have been kidnapped, if they don't know Bobby has been kidnapped yet, and even if they know Bobby has been kidnapped, how do they know it's a game and not, like, I don't know, a ransom situation because he's probably getting some some cash from that book? Yeah. And also, it's like, how would we know so quickly that they've been kidnapped? Exactly. Like, what if these people do? Like, if I were to get kidnapped, it'd probably be a little while for people to notice because, like, I live alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I really hate to be, like, the CinemaSins guy here and be like, hmm, what about this plot hole? Mm-hmm. But some of this shit, like, really honestly confused me. Yeah. This in particular, I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? See, I didn't even pick up on that, but wow. Yeah. Probably wasn't paying a lot of attention because <laughs> I did watch. <laughs> so Jill is at a police safe house. And Gibson is like, all right, I'm going to go do some stuff. And Jill's like, aren't you going to have an officer here? What if Hoffman finds me here? And Gibson's like, Jill, it's a safe house. Safe house. You're safe here. And then he walks out the door and immediately another cop is like, hey, we got this DVD in the mail addressed to here for Jill. And Gibson's like, ah, shit. (laughs) It's like, of course, Hoffman knows where the safe house is. He's a cop. Yeah. This is the dumbest idea. And I'm glad that it literally is immediately called out as the dumbest idea. Yeah, it's there's a lot of dumb shit in this movie, but uh, like at least it's self-aware at some parts. That moment made me laugh. Anyway, the DVD says, uh, give me Jill or people will keep dying in the game that is going on that you apparently know about already. Oh, my God. You're on some X game shit. Yeah. All right. So first trap in this gauntlet. First real one. I call it Go Fish. I called it Speak No Evil. Yeah, I think that's the official name of it. I thought it was so clever. And then he ended up saying like, hear no evil later on or something. And I saw it. Damn it. <laughs> I wasn't clever. <laughs> wow. You're as smart as John, Nicole. <gasps> I'm as smart as a dead man. <laughs> <laughs> damn. The publicist is in a chair surrounded by these like hollow spikes that are like pointed at her neck. They're pretty far from her. They have like a good foot or two distance between her and the spikes. And she has this like string coming out of her mouth. Ugh. So I don't want to talk about this one for too long. This one freaked me the fuck out. This one made me gag. I just, I couldn't watch this. Yeah, no, this is painful. I'm not the type of person to be like, oh, I gotta cover my eyes, but I had to cover my fucking eyes at at some of this. Okay, so the deal is that she has a key that will like stop the device that she's in and let her out. The key is in her stomach attached to the string and attached to a fishing hook. So Bobby has to pull the string out of her with the key on it and... If the decibel level in the room rises above a whisper, the spikes will get closer to her throat. Um, what the fuck? Yeah. This is probably like the most fucked up saw trap. Yeah, this one was real bad. Ugh, it just, ugh, I, I was actually gagging. It's terrible. One moment at the beginning that I found particularly funny, though, is like she's like yelling and sobbing and, and like trying to talk to Bobby and he plays the tape and Jigsaw is like, normally she is useful for her words. Today she will be rewarded for her silence. And the second he says that, she stops crying. She's like, mm. <laughs> like, like, okay, I'll be quiet. 
I also like how often uh, <laughs> Bobby was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. He did tell her shut the fuck up a couple times, which made me laugh because like, yeah, shut the fuck up. But also I just thought it was kind of funny. I don't know why. So he does manage to yank it out of her throat, out of her fucking esophagus. Blech. Not even just her throat. And like a chunk of something comes yeah, out um, with the key. Ugh, mm. gross. A couple of times she screams and spikes get pretty close to her neck. At one point, she's like, Bobby, just just end it. I don't want to do this. And he's like, don't worry, it's almost out. And then he fumbles getting it into the lock before the 60 second timer goes Uh off. Give it like five minutes. Here's the thing. It doesn't even take place over an actual like 60 second period. This is like a two or three minute scene. Yeah. So why have the 60 second timer if you're not going to actually like use that? Because even... You know, in film language here, we realize that 60 seconds is not enough time to tell this in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. So why not make it a three minute timer? Yeah, I don't know. It's stupid. It drives me fucking crazy. Much like a pirate with a steering wheel on his crotch, it drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that was so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But R.I.P. Nina. Yeah, R.I.P. Nina. Uh, he fumbles getting the key. The 60 second timer goes goes up and uh, she gets stabbed by the spikes, but very slowly. Yeah. So it, I think it's implied that you really have slightly more than 30 seconds if you had been quiet the whole time. Mm-hmm. Because it would take longer for the spikes to get to you. So you still had some time. Yeah. But afterwards he shouts, why wouldn't you just shut the fuck up at her corpse? <laughs> Which like, holy shit, man. Right? Like, damn. You weren't the one that had a fish hook in your stomach. Speaking ill of the dead. Yeah, Jesus Christ. And then off to the side, as Bobby's leaving, he sees a propped open signed copy of his book. And we get a flashback. Nicole, (laughs) tell me about the flashback. (laughs) So the flashback is at a book signing. So our boy Bobby's like, oh, you know, I'm just a little guy. I was stuck in a trap. Now I'm, you know, I wrote a story and this woman comes up to him and she says, oh, I'm just so inspired by you. Like, you're so brave, blah, blah, blah. And then fucking John, who looks like (laughs) Steve Buscemi in the Hello Fellow Kids scene, (laughs) walks up to him. He's wearing like a full sweatsuit and a backwards cap. I was like, who dressed this man? Like, Jill, you're letting your mans go out in public like this? (laughs) Well, at this point, they're not together, but still. Amanda, you're letting your your dad go out in public like this? Well, like, oh God, he's dressed so terribly. Do you think that Amanda saw John in this outfit and was like, John, what the hell are you wearing? (laughs) That, or it's just like, yeah, that looks inconspicuous. (laughs) You just look like some guy. No one would ever suspect you. Or maybe the worst scenario of all, Amanda was like, you look so fucking cool. (laughs) I like that one. (laughs) You just kind of look cool. It's certainly one of the looks of all time. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so, (laughs) but John essentially, in so many words, tells him that he thinks he's lying or that he knows he's lying. He all but calls him a liar. Yeah. He says in particular, no, we've never met before. And it's like, it's so... <laughs> I don't know if Bobby after that was like, man, that guy was weird. Yeah, Or right? if he's like, did I just meet Jigsaw? That would have been my first thought. Yeah. So then we get to the next trap. This one is see no evil, aka do you even lift, bro? Oh, for real. So we have his lawyer, Suzanne. 
Suzanne is... <laughs> I don't quite get this trap, to be honest. Yeah. So Suzanne is, like, in this, like, metal circle. She's, like, strapped in. And she's, like, laying on her back initially, but she is being very slowly tilted forward into three spikes, the same spikes that were in the, the neck trap, that will, like, pierce through her eyes and her mouth once she gets to that point. Again, slowly. I must, I must say, they do it real slowly in this movie. Bobby has to go to the other end of this machine that she's stuck in. He has... 60 seconds. Of course. I mean, this one's slightly more reasonable to have it be 60 seconds. Oh, no, it says he has to lift the bar for at least 30 seconds. So he has 60 seconds to lift it for 30 seconds? Yeah, I guess he has to lift it for half the time the timer is counting down. Yeah. I don't know if it's like you have to get to 30 seconds for that to be your win condition, or it's just like if you don't do it for basically half the time, she's going to die. Mm -hmm. Just like from the distance that I've put her at. So the, like, fucking bow flex that he's lifting, he has to, like, stand on this this metal platform. There are spikes on the bar, but they don't really, like, touch his shoulder much. Mm-hmm. But when he lifts it to full height, two spikes come out and stab him in the sides. Oof. So it's, like, not only heavy, but physically painful for him to keep it. But I was also, like... 30 seconds, man. Do it for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. I think I could do that for 30 seconds. I think I could do it. I've been working out. (laughs) Yeah. Because like from what it looked like, it didn't even look like it was a full like shoulder press. It was more like lifting with his legs to push it up. And it's just like that's where most of your, well, for a lot of people, that's where most of your strength is in your legs. Yeah. And I mean, you're being stabbed. That's kind of keeping you up. Yeah. I know it's going to suck, but it's 30 seconds. It's not like you're being asked to do this for five minutes. You ever try holding a plank for a long time? I imagine it's the same feeling. I can do a plank for 30 seconds. I can do a plank for longer because it helps when my trainer yells at me. He's like, (laughs) come on, you got this. And, you know, Suzanne was yelling at him like, come on, Bobby, whatever, lift or whatever. (laughs) You know, so I just need someone like pushing me. And I'm like, all right, I'll do it. Even though I'm like crying and my core aches. It's it's, it's the same. (laughs) And I'm assuming he likes these people to some degree if he keeps working with them. So it's like, yeah, if your friend is like, come on, Bobby, I'd be a little bit pogged up to do Mm -hmm. it. And it's like you can tell that he does like them to some extent, at least Suzanne, because I feel like we couldn't really see it with Nina. But definitely in this one, because it is coming at a personal cost, like he is getting stabbed in the sides and he does keep trying. So he does care about her enough to, you know, take damage. He tries right up to the end. He does. Uh, she dies, though. She she gets fucking stabbed in the eyes and the mouth. She doesn't die right away either, because of course she doesn't. But she dies pretty quickly after. R.I.P. Suzanne. He was one second away from winning, too. All fucked up. Yeah. And then we have what may or may not be an homage to 90s or 80s British kids game show Nightmare. Oh. Let me tell you about Nightmare. I made a Nightmare reference in a different episode, too. Nightmare is a show where four kids are, you know, teleported back in time into a fantasy realm to have one of them go through like this labyrinth of all these like creatures and things. They wear this special helmet that's really essentially just a blindfold because they're walking into a series of green screen rooms. Mm -hmm. So the three kids are back and guiding them and watching on like a television monitor. 
So this kid can't see. And there are several times where there are trials that are like, you have to walk across this narrow path that's like kind of winding. And these kids can never give directions in like a clock face or 45 degree angles. Mm -hmm. And they're British. So they're always like, all right, you're going to go left, right? What? Oh, no. (laughs) No, left, left, right, right. Oh, no. It's like, who's on first? Exactly. And then the kid dies. All right. In real life. (laughs) In real life. And every time one of the kids dies, the host, Tregar, goes, Ooh, nasty. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, We need a version of Saw where they say that whenever someone dies. (laughs) That's just me watching Saw. (laughs) So this is Hear No Evil. Bobby's best friend is across this room that has most of the floor broken. Kale is his name. Kale. Kale from Sunny Says. (laughs) So there are a bunch of like planks that kind of form a little maze bridge over to about halfway between Bobby and Kale. And so Jigsaw says, you have to guide your friend over as far as you can get him while you have to go halfway as well and grab a key that's on the wall and give the key to him which he can use to unlock himself. He has 60 seconds to do this. 60 seconds. Jesus Christ. Unreasonable. Unreasonable. Yeah. And after that, if he doesn't do it in 60 seconds, Kale will be hanged because that's what his his fucking device is. Yeah. And like you said, it's like if they in the, you know, filming this cannot tell the story within 60 seconds, it's because it's not enough time for the trap. Yeah, exactly. 60 fucking seconds. Get the fuck out of here. It's just so much longer, too. The scene is like four minutes. Yeah, it's long as hell. So he's really encouraging. He's like, Kale, Kale, there's a plank ahead of you. Just feel feel the plank with your foot. You're doing great. And he gets him halfway. And Bobby gets the key and he tosses it to him with a couple of seconds left. And Kale fumbles the key because he has a fucking blindfold on. Mm-hmm. And the key falls down below the floor. And immediately after Kale is hanged, And he apparently dies instantly, which is not how that works. Honestly, Bobby had fucking like another five or six minutes. He could have gone down and gotten the key and came back probably. I feel like because he wasn't just hanged, like he was like hoisted up and swung around a little bit. So I'm like, I'm thinking it broke his neck. It didn't though, because he was like kicking and choking for a minute. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, I don't know. I know it's movies, but like at the same time, when you present me with scenarios where I'm supposed to believe the realism to a degree, I'm going to question the realism. It's going to be harder for me to suspend my disbelief. Yeah. Yeah. I know that his publicist and his lawyer knew the truth of him not having actually gone through a jigsaw trap. I imagine Kale knew also as his best friend, but... Yeah, because I think Kale came up with the idea. Oh, that bastard. Oh, was it the guy in the bar? I thought it was just some rando. They both look so completely different from how they look in the rest of the movie. I literally (laughs) could not tell which one was Bobby. Yeah. And like who the other person was. I have to assume it's Bobby and Kale just from context. Yeah, let's pretend it was. Yeah, the flashback we get in that case is just Bobby and Kale are watching the news in a bar and seeing a news story about a jigsaw survivor. And Kale's like, Damn, if they weren't so fucked up afterwards, they'd probably be able to make a killing off that story. And Bobby's like, damn, I have an idea. Did I like somehow miss this or was it not covered how Bobby got those scars on his chest? I have no idea. It was never covered. 
Okay, well. Maybe Kale was like, okay, man, just just chill out. It's only going to be a minute. I'm going to stab we'll you real quick. just stab cool. you with these hooks, yeah. Yeah, you got to do it for the money. Yep. <laughs> do you want to talk about Gibson's backstory with Mark here real quick? Yeah, so we cut to Gibson, and we learned that he also has, like, a personal vendetta against <laughs> Mark. Because I guess they were like called to some scene and some dude was threatening Gibson and Mark just comes out of fucking nowhere and shoots the guy. Yeah, the guy like surrenders and then Mark shoots him like four times. Yeah. In the back too. And Mark was like, you shoot them before they shoot you or some shit like that. Also, I gotta say, this scenario kind of really rubbed me the wrong way because Gibson was called to a scene about some kind of disturbance. And then this homeless man comes out of nowhere and starts attacking him. And it's like, oh yeah, cool. We're gonna demonize drug addicts for most of this movie. Why not? For most of the series. (laughs) Yeah, for most of the series, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, why not demonize the unhoused? Yeah, they're all fucking crazy monsters who are going to attack you. Yep. So Mark fucking shoots him and Gibson actually reports him for brutality. So good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, except instead of getting in trouble, Hoffman got a promotion because of course he did. Yep. And Gibson got a demotion, basically. And then Gibson actually ended up working with internal affairs to catch like four of Mark's guys who were also using like excessive force and stuff. Oh, yeah. Do you think one of them was uh, Eric Matthews? Oh, well, because was Eric one of Mark's guys? I mean, he was on the... Oh, well, I don't know. I feel like they were on the same level. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how cop structure, like hierarchy works. I think it's an easy headcan to make, though. Yeah, I'm going to say that Eric was one of them because he was a bastard. R.I.P. He really was. R.I.P. Eric, (laughs) taken from us too soon. (laughs) He had more bastardry to commit. (laughs) So many more people to point guns at. Damn. Also, by this point in the game, it's no longer in real time, which pissed me off. Mm. It's like, why would you make it in real time and then just decide not to? There's 30 minutes left in the movie and 20 left on the timer. Boo. Then we get to another trap. I call this one 230. 230. Oh, I like that. Mine was just like pulling teeth. Ah, that's a good one too. So this one confused me. Yes. So... He has to yank his back molars to get the code for a door to go and get to his wife. Mm-hmm. There's a 60 second time limit. Of course. Here's my question to you, Nicole. Yes. How did Mark get the combination on Bobby's teeth? Uh, he opened his mouth and sharpied them on, I guess, and I hope that his saliva wouldn't like rub it off. Yeah, so either they're far up enough that if you like found a reflective surface that I'm sure you could find a reflective surface in this room, mm-hmm. you could probably fucking look at them. Unless they're like inside. Yeah, it looked like they were inside, in which case he must have had to yank them out beforehand and then put them back in like while he was unconscious. In which case, they're not going to be too hard to take out. No, he could have, like, written, like, inside. No, but they're, like, they're inside, like, where the gum is. Because that part, it's, like, distinctly, like, covered in blood and, like, a different color on the tooth. Because, like, he his teeth weren't removed beforehand. There's no way. No. So it's, like, how is this done? I hate to be the CinemaSins guy, but how did this happen? That, and again, it's just, like, why would you do it in sharpie and stuff like there's such a high risk that they would be rubbed off because of your saliva and stuff and then it's just not fair the tape said that they were etched onto his teeth and so i thought that they had been like carved in i'm like ooh, that 
sounds like it fucking hurts. Mm-hmm. In which case, I would feel for which ones were carved and yank those out. Yeah, you could probably feel it. But because it was written on with like Sharpie, then you couldn't feel it. No. This one was stupid. It's a shame because I like this trap in theory. Yeah. It's simple. Hey, just <laughs> yank your teeth out where I can see them. Oof. That's kind of cool. And, and a jigsaw way. Mm-hmm. But it just brings up so many questions. And then the 60 second time limit. Just just like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I don't believe it. And also one of my notes here is that he pulled his two teeth. How is it that every single time and every single one of these movies where there's been a combination, they always get it on the first try? Yeah, right. Oh, no, because the, the chart said what order they go into. Oh, did it? I didn't notice that. Okay. Yeah. All right. He specifically said, like, you'll find a helpful dental chart in the background that will show you what order the teeth are arranged in. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, this is stupid. Yeah. And then we have the final trap, my favorite. I call it, do it, motherfucker. Hell yeah. (laughs) I just, oh, I didn't even give this a name. I just said poetic as hell. (laughs) See, this was a John trap. This is so a John trap. Uh Uh-huh. Joyce, his wife, is chained by the neck to the sing. There's an electric fence around her so that Bobby can't get to her. John tells him that he has the rest of the time left on the hour-long timer. So he has like about five minutes. Do the thing you said you did. Take these hooks, put them in your pecs, climb up this chain, and plug in this extension cable to save your wife. Do it. And he also says, he's like, because as you know so well, like the pectoral (laughs) muscles are enough to support the weight of the human body. It really offended John that somebody would do this. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. This was personal. Like last movie, we had a personal one. This is also a personal trap. It's just so petty. I love it. This was such a John trap. Exactly. Just like so poetic. I loved it. Also, by the way, his wife didn't know that he wasn't in a jigsaw trap. She thought his story was real. And this is what my note here is like, this is truly collateral damage because everyone knew everyone was complicit. He met Joyce, his wife, after he made all these claims. And never told her. Never told her. So she did not deserve to be involved in this. Yeah. It's always a collateral damage that pisses me off about these fucking movies because it's just like you're being hypocritical and it's not like joyce gets an apology like the mother and son did yeah and like no harm came to them exactly no harm was ever going to come to them yeah i guess because john feels for them but joyce he's like uh women she fell in love with the wrong man yeah exactly and it's not like we even if it was like explicitly stated like oh like you're a gold digger so you're also trying to like profit yeah. off of this like we didn't get any of that she just seems like a nice lady yeah but whatever i just work here yeah so she's like shocked and and kind of hurt that this never happened to him that he's been lying to her for years and let me tell you i've been getting pogged up a lot in this movie but it was pretty cool when he, like, he ripped off his shirt and he's like, I'm going to do it, though. I'm doing it for you. I know. I was like, oh, shit. I'm rooting for you, man. Yeah, I was cheering for him. And he puts the hooks in in the spot where the scars are. Oh, poetic as hell. It's so good. Though, I, <laughs> when he did the second one, I was immediately like, that's not in deep enough. Nope. <laughs> It looks like it's just like kind of like barely in there. Ugh, it's rough. So he hooks up his titties and starts like hoisting himself up. 
and it is rough to watch because like oof Mm -hmm. but Joyce is like cheering him on the whole time and I was like yeah go Bobby like you got this but I also suspected he wasn't going to succeed so he's up there he could have gone higher that did piss me off it's like why didn't you just go a little higher but he did not and so he's reaching for this extension cord and he gets one side of it so he has to reach for the other one and he fucking falls his titties get ripped off it's not even that he falls his pecs fail oh titties not strong enough yeah ain't that the story do you think it's true that the human pectoral muscles are actually strong enough to hold up a human body? I think it depends. I'm like touching my titty right now to like yeah. feel my muscle. I think it depends on like the size of the muscle because that also mm-hmm. contributes to how deep in you can dig in. Because mm-hmm. if you're just like digging under like the surface skin, like that's not going to hold up. You have to dig into the muscle. So if you have larger muscles and you have more room to really stick it in so that's my thought yeah there's potential there but it depends on how much muscle you have and how you insert the hook yeah i don't know i'm not a doctor so yeah he fails and then (laughs) i thought this this was actually kind of funny just like the way it happens he fails the time hits zero and this like oven (laughs) like shoot like like closes up around his wife yeah because joyce is like on a platform the platform sinks into the ground a little bit and then two halves of this like oven enclose around her so she's like in the cylinder it straight up looked like she was being put in a rocket and i was like where is she fucking being (laughs) shot into the atmosphere what's going on honestly that would have been better i honestly had no idea where it was going because i was like what the fuck is happening Yeah. (laughs) But no, she gets put into what looks to be like a shitty rocket made in the fucking junkyard. And it's actually an oven. And so this bitch gets roasted alive. She doesn't even catch fire. She's she's like fucking sauteed. Yeah. Oof. It's rough. Rough to watch. It's terrible. So R.I.P. Joyce. R.I.P. Joyce literally did nothing wrong. Yeah. No, she did not deserve to be involved in this at all. So back to the conclusion of the Saw soap opera. Oh my god. Gibson and his partner realized that Hoffman had access to, like, the police security feed the entire time. Of course he did. My note here was Hacker Hoffman just isn't believable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's not smart enough to hack. I also have another note here because they were trying to track where his first video came from and they're like, oh, the MPEG came from here. And my note was MPEG more like MPREG, haha. I thought MPREG too. <laughs> so they actually track where that first video from Mark came from. And so they head over there. And it's actually the location of where Bobby's game is taking place. But then also Gibson picks up on another clue that takes him and two other cops to another location. And the location ties back to that instance he had with Mark where Mark shot the guy who was surrendering. So he and the two cops go over there and they actually see like a like a cloaked figure sitting somewhere. And so they're like, oh, you know, like, hands up, Mark, it's over. And so the figure doesn't move at all. They go up to it and turn it around. And it's actually, who was it, Evan from the first trap? No, it's the guy without the jaw. Oh, right. So whichever one that oh, was. Oh, yes, yes. The guy who was uh, chained and had the ring around his lip who was yanked off when the car moved forward. Yeah, who was jerked off when the car moved forward. Yeah, exactly. Uh- <laughs> 
So he was sitting in the chair and then they do see a bunch of monitors and then they realize that Hoffman has had access to all the security cameras, which apparently are everywhere, including in like the, in the junkyard and shit. I have no idea how this worked. Yeah. But again, Hacker Hoffman is just not believable to me. But they also know that all of the bodies were taken to the coroner. And this part kind of fucking slapped, honestly. Honestly, this is where the movie, like, goes hard for me. Yes. So as soon as they make that realization, Gibson gets his phone and calls the station. And he tells the receptionist lady, he's like, get every cop to the station. And she's like, well, why? And because Mark was going to show up there. And then a fucking gun, machine gun pops up out of nowhere <laughs> and kills Gibson and the two other cops. R.I.P. to the three of them. R.I.P. So then we cut to the coroner in the medical examination lab. He is opening up one of the body bags and Mark pops out of it and just stabs him in the throat. <laughs> kind of slaps. Slaps, but also unnecessary. Like, what the hell, man? And then Mark goes on a slaughter. He goes on a fucking rampage. It's very, like, I'm thinking The Last of Us at the end at the hospital where he just fucking kills everybody. Yeah. It's like that. It's giving me that vibe. Spoilers for The Last of Us. So Mark stabs the coroner. R.I.P. the coroner. Yep, R.I.P. He stabs some other cop immediately after. Yep, R.I.P. guy in the hallway. We also cut real quick to the SWAT team that was going through Bobby's trap area. Uh, and three of them are gassed, so R.I.P. to them also. I'm not sure if we should count them because was that poison gas? I will tell you later when we get there in a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so R.I.P. guy in the hallway. <laughs> R.I.P. guy in the hallway. And then... R.I.P. the receptionist lady. Yeah, so he has the knife in hand, but he doesn't just like slit her throat when he comes up behind her. He chokes her out for a second, then breaks her neck like he's fucking Agent 47. Yeah, that was fucking wild. So R.I.P. her. R.I.P. the detective guy, the first one, once they get into this like little chamber room area. Yeah, where Jill is being held in like a, a little jail cell yeah like it's like an interrogation room with like the one-way mirror or two-way mirror i don't know what the fuck it's called uh semi-transparent glass yeah yeah <laughs> we established <laughs> this in like what movie one <laughs> uh, yeah half silvered mirror <laughs> i did find this kind of cool also because he's just going fucking rambo at this point mm -hmm. but he gets the receptionist lady and holds her face up to like oh, the yeah. window in the door and so the detective opens it thinking it's her mark just fucking tosses this lady's body aside and then just stabs the guy as soon as he opens the door it was very clever. That's the smartest thing Mark has ever done. <laughs> well, that and also the reverse bear trap between the bars thing. True. He's he's getting smart. Yeah, he has a couple moments where I'm like, oh, that kind of slaps. And the body bag thing also kind of slapped. Yeah, it seems that occasionally under pressure, Mark does really well. I feel like him at his most unhinged and most Rambo is the most fun. Yeah. I mean, I loved in six when he just fucking killed everybody when listening to the tape. Oh my God. It's just, it was just like, all right, this is sloppy, but okay. Yeah, right? I honestly like when Mark embraces the sloppiness. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, because he makes a... I mean, we, I know we'll get into this after talk about the movie, but he makes a terrible John. He made, He's a bad jigsaw. Yeah. He's a really good, like, spree killer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he's in the wrong franchise, man. He should be in Friday the 13th or something. Or something. <laughs> Scream? Oh, oh, he would kill <laughs> as Ghostface. <laughs> he would be an amazing Ghostface. But yeah, RIP detective guy. And then, so after he shanks that one detective guy, he grabs his gun and Jill is, is like, I hear something. What's going on? What's going on? And the detective in the room with her I was like ah, i don't know 
Eh, probably some people getting killed, whatever. Who knows? It's a jail. Things happen. <laughs> and so then Mark grabs the detective's gun and shoots the other detective through the glass, right through the eye. Crazy. Great job. R.I.P. other detective. And then Mark, like, very slowly goes into Jill's cell. She grabs, like, a nail file or the fuck. I think it's the key that she had from John around her neck. I thought, I saw it longer. It was something longer. Ah, uh, I was hoping it was the key. because It looked like a nail file, like one of those longer ones with, like, the pointed end and then, like, has, like, kind of a, like, a resin mm. handle or some shit. That's what it looked like. It was probably a letter opener. Okay. But maybe it was a key. I hope it was the key. That's That's more poetic. Yeah. So Jill stabs Mark in the neck, but he's fine. <laughs> he just mm-hmm. kind of shrugs it off. I have a note here. Mark with the hard C, because he calls her a cunt. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. I, I was honestly a little shocked. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's like we've seen we've seen a woman explode. A woman get her head crushed. We've seen somebody get their guts ripped out. Somebody catch fire. And, and Mark says cunt. And we're like, oh, my God, Mark. <laughs> That was unnecessary. Sir. Yeah, he also does this while like bashing her head in. Just like a little though. But he like knocks her out. And then he goes into the evidence room where we see not one, but two reverse bear traps. Because as I mentioned in the last movie, it was a different bear trap that he was put into was what it was like a sleeker one it was different from amanda's yeah i didn't actually notice that until you pointed it out but when i saw the two bear traps i was like oh nicole was was dead on yeah and so i noticed him like going for the newer one but then him going to the old reverse bear trap the one that was hooked up to amanda and i was like oh this kind of slaps like the return of the og reverse bear trap yeah and he goes through the whole thing where he like screws it in and stuff yeah it was cool seeing that honestly And then, of course, Jill wakes up and she is reverse bear trapped. R.I.P. Jill. We do get a very corny 3D moment here where her face explodes and it goes towards the camera. And I was like, oh, this is stupid. But okay. What do you think of finally getting to see the reverse bear trap go off? How did it look to you? Was it what you expected? It was a little anticlimactic. Yeah, I don't think it went far enough. I, I kind of thought that it would like fully like rip the top of your head off. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for, honestly. But no, it just kind of like pops you open. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah, whatever. I looked at it and I was like, yeah, that would hurt and probably send you into shock. You would probably bleed out. But would it kill you immediately like it killed Jill? What did it even do? Yeah, I don't know. But we circled back to the beginning here, which is always fun. I always love being able to circle back. Yep. Well, there's actually a report on the TV where they say that nine officers died and then also Jill. So that's why I think it's safe to assume that those SWAT team members died also. Hang on, though. The three in Mark's workshop. Yeah, so it was Gibson, the two, and then the three SWAT team members, and then the two detectives, and then the lady. Oh, those are the corner and some guy in the hallway. Yeah, so that's like 11. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking people. They said at least nine. Okay, at least nine. Yeah, something like that. And then it was people like in the station. I will concede that those people are probably dead then. Okay. Yeah, they were gassed to hell. Yep. They really decided to just kill everyone. Oh, 100%. So yeah, cut back to Mark now. Mark goes back to his workshop and douses everything in gasoline. He's like, you know, the jig saw is up. <laughs> I, got, I, I think he's like, I gotta skip town. That's the least of his problems. <laughs> like, so you need a whole ass new face, a new identity, new social security number, everything. Yeah. 
at this point, it's like, might as well just fucking die. <laughs> yeah. He sets the whole building aflame and it actually blows up as well, which, okay, whatever. It's cool. While he's walking away. Yep. <laughs> very action movie. This this honestly turned into an action movie. It did. Yeah. <laughs> and I think once I like embraced that and once the movie embraced that, I started to enjoy it more. Honestly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then three pig masks come out of nowhere. Oh, shit. One of them stabs Mark in the neck and then he pulls off the mask and he reveals... He's Dr. Lawrence Gordon. Oh my god! What do you think, Nicole? Uh, I saw it coming. The second he showed up? Yeah, but it still kind of (laughs) slapped. Yeah. I just really liked Dr. Gordon. I thought he was like, I mean, I loved him in the first movie. I thought he was so fun. You know, his fate was left up in the air. We didn't know what the fuck happened to him. But then we, we do get a series of flashbacks here. So we learn what happens. There was a scene where Jill dropped off a package at somebody's door that was kind of left unexplained. Is that in the last movie or was it in this movie? In the last movie, I think. Okay. It was something in the box, I think. And it turns out it was a tape from John to Dr. Gordon. Oh my going. Dr. Gordon, like, you know, thank you for all the work that you've done. <gasps> I want you to take care of and protect Jill to the best of your ability. And if something has already happened to Jill by the time you get this tape, I want you to act immediately with extreme prejudice. Yes, like on my behalf. On my behalf, yeah. And we get a flashback like all the times Dr. Gordon has actually been there. Let me tell you, I believe these. Me too. And, and, Nicole. I get to finally talk about the thing I was going to say in Saw 2. I wanted to talk about in Saw 2. I was going to bring that up at some point. Okay, yes. The guy limping there, the guy who, like, they show somebody putting in the key into the guy's eye. Mm-hmm. And the surgeon is in a hood and he is distinctly limping on the same foot that Dr. Gordon cut off. Oh, shit. Apparently, though, this was apparently a long time theory. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was not intended. Oh. From that tape, apparently the director who played that guy, he said that he just like gave a limp to give a little bit of flavor to this, to this like little henchman. But how fucking perfectly did that work out? It's perfect. It's so perfect that I thought it was intentional. Yeah, that's so funny. I kind of believe that once they decided that Amanda was going to come back as an apprentice, that they always knew that Lawrence Gordon was an apprentice. Yeah. I sincerely believe that. Mm-hmm. First of all, They show John rescuing him and giving him a prosthetic. Also, not the baptism symbolism where he like he pours water over his head in like the literal like same baptism sort of thing. I'm like, that's so corny, but whatever. It's it's the end of the series. Yeah. So far. But it was very cool, like going back and seeing scenes where you could see Dr. Gordon doing all the surgical shit, like implanting keys in people's eyes and like all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of fucking rules. (laughs) Yeah. Also, Dr. Gordon was the one who recommended Lynn to John to do his brain surgery. Yeah. Thanks, Larry. Yeah. You got you got Lynn fucking killed. (laughs) Yeah. He holds up her picture and he's like, she's perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because he says Jeff's wife. She's perfect. Does he say Jeff's wife? Yeah. Ah. Mm-hmm. Right. So that fucking ruled. Oh, we learned that he was the one who sent Mark the note that said, I know who you are. Yeah. Which on one hand, I'm like, not only could John not plant the pen light at the scene himself, he also couldn't write like a four word note himself. Nah. Anyway, I did think it was cool. 
And so we go back to the bathroom. Full circle, baby. Full circle. Mark is chained up in the bathroom and there is a saw next to him and he starts to reach for it. Oh, what's it? What's the time for the saw? Oh, I didn't time it. I only got the time for the first saw. I wrote like 123 or something. We see a saw in 3D. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> because Dr. Gordon picks up the saw and he's like, uh-uh-uh. And he turns around and he like throws it at the audience. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> it worked for me. I was like, yeah, throw this on me. It was stupid. But again, it's like now that we've gone full action movie and full bonkers <laughs> bananas wild, I said, okay, I'm like, this is so fucking stupid, but God damn it. Uh, Fucking rules a little bit. I also gotta say, they still haven't cleaned out the corpses, man. No. Did they ever discover that crime scene? No, I guess not. No, I don't think so. Because fucking Adam's skeleton is in there. (laughs) And Zep. Oh, yeah. And so is fucking Gordon's shriveled up foot. (laughs) So gross. Uh, So, of course, Dr. Lawrence Gordon gets to give a game over and we end the series. Until Jigsaw, from like seven years later. The and the only note I didn't cover here is that there were three pig masks who attacked and kidnapped Mark. Who do you think the other two were? Ryan and Brad, the guys from the beginning. Ah. That's what the director said, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, he said that they were fully intended to be those two guys from the beginning. Oh, sick. That's cool. Now I get to finally talk about a theme that I've been thinking about ever since I watched this movie for the first time. There are so many victims now. There are so many victims, and now there is like there are at least half a dozen people who have started working for Jigsaw and have started like making their own traps and things and making their own victims, and this is spreading. John has become the cancer that killed him. Oh, he's infecting and killing the whole city. The the city of city. The city of city <laughs> in in Fairweather State. <laughs> I like that symbolism a lot. I'm like. Pretty sure it was intentional. Mm-hmm. It's just really thematically resonant. Yeah. John, in his own deranged way of trying to help people, he hurt more people and became, you know, as bad as his own brain cancer. Yeah. He was the brain cancer of society. Damn, R.I.P. John. We live in a society. <sighs> that we do. So, Nicole, let's rank the traps. Okay. So first we have the alpha male trap, and then we have the glue trap Rube Goldberg. Next, we have the monkey bars trap that wasn't really in the movie, but like in a flashback. Swinging cage, should we count that as a trap? Yeah, for sure. So after swinging cage, we have the speak no evil. Yep, fish hook. After that, we have the see no evil and leg press is what I have. It was what I called it. (laughs) And then we have kale, hear no evil. Hey, British kids game show nightmare. And then we have Pulling Teeth. Yep. A lot of traps in this movie, too. A lot of traps. Lastly, we have the Chest Hooks Poetry Trap. I guess the oven counts as part of that. Should we count as something separate? I don't think so, because like she couldn't get out of it herself. Yeah, it was just a punishment. It wasn't really... Yeah. I don't think it counts. Should we count the Reverse Bear Trap again? Did we count it for six? I think it was like an honorable mention. Honorable mention again. I think that the reverse bear trap gets less cool every time they show it. 100%. They overused it. Let's go through these one by one here. So alpha male, what are your thoughts on alpha male? It's simple. It's fine. I think it's very middle of the road. 
Yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting idea. I like the back. This is a better tug of war than the tug of war one. Absolutely. Yeah, because I was going to call this tug of war, but we already had a tug of war. Yeah, which is why I went with like, at the alpha male trap. But yeah, this was absolutely the superior tug of war. <laughs> Glue trap Rube Goldberg. Fucking bananas. <laughs> I like thought it was so stupid, but also so ridiculous that it was kind of fun. Yeah, the humor elevates it. Yeah, like you said it perfectly. It's very Looney Tunes. Yeah, on one hand, it's got too much going on and also <laughs> like too little going on, but also the joy of watching it go off. And then also only a 30 second time limit. Wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fucking crazy. It's, it's bananas. Mark hates racists based. That's another thing. I'm like, oh, you know, they kind of deserved it a little bit, you know. <laughs> The monkey bars. <laughs> so fucking stupid. We have so many questions. How did they I get really there? I really enjoy them. She only, she just slapped him and he fell through his death. It was hilarious. <laughs> stupid. I love that we see like five seconds of this. That's all we need to see, apparently. The fact that we only see five seconds of this really elevates it to comedy for me. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I can feel the writers like joyfully being like, what's the most bananas thing we can think of? Next, we have the swinging cage. Lame. Stupid. Again, just stand on the sides. Like, why are you putting all your weight on the ground when it's so obviously a trap? And let me tell you, even if the the the, the handle pulley thing actually released the whole cage so that you, like, fell, mm-hmm. like, my mind would go either the bottom falls off or the whole cage drops. Let me not stand on this fucking floor of the cage. I would start swinging ahead of time. Yeah. Well, because he had to reach the pulley. All right. Well. Yeah. But again, like my, that's I'm built different. My immediate thought would be this: something's going to fall, so I shouldn't be standing on top of this base. Whatever. All right. Speak no evil, fish hook. Ugh. I'm rating this the lowest on principle. I don't like this trap because I don't like that it exists. I don't like having to watch it. I I wish they hadn't made this. I think in principle, it's an interesting trap aside from the 60 second time limit. Mm -hmm. I think that the decibel thing was enough. I don't think they needed a time limit. I agree. Yeah, I think I will be rating this a little higher though, just because like I do like the whole decibel thing and the fact that she obviously wants to scream but can't. Even though she's like in terrible pain, it is very painful to watch and to think about. I was gagging. I I think it's like just poetic enough that I feel like I can't just like base all my ratings on the fact that it's the worst thing ever to watch in the world. (laughs) I'm basing it on that. I just (laughs) I I never want to see that ever again. You're valid, honestly. Okay, the see no evil leg press. I like it in theory. I think it's easier than Bobby made it look. This is definitely also middle of the road for me, but probably less than the alpha male tug of war. Yeah. Yeah. I think the timer is appropriate for this one. This is the only one where I'm like 60 second timer. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it, it makes more sense here. Yeah. How about Hear No Evil, British Kids Game Show Nightmare? I like this one. I thought it was pretty good. This one was very stressful to watch. One minute was not enough time. Discounting the time limit. I think I'm going to have to ignore that for like all of these traps when we go into our final rankings here. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, a, a very cool premise. Real sucks that the guy died at the end. R.I.P. Kale. Oh, nasty. 
Next trap, orthodontist. Ugh, this one was rough. I don't even get this one. <laughs> like, I don't understand how logistically this one worked. Yeah. But I do like it in theory. Yeah. I think you just, like, yank him out where I can see it is so, like, bootleg serial killer mm-hmm. that I, I enjoy it. Yeah. It feels classic Saw in a way. I agree, yeah. I feel like I could have seen this in Saw 1. This also felt more John than a lot of other traps. Mm-hmm. Chest hooks fucking slap amazing great Great. amazing and then of course an honorable mention to reverse bear trap part three yep not as cool as the first time or the second time yeah at least we got to see it go off and we'll probably never have to see it again who knows who knows we got two more movies okay so i guess we go into rankings can we agree that chest hooks is going to be number one? Oh, number one for sure i'd like to think that even though john was really pissed off about this I can't help but think he was like, that would have been a good idea, but now I have to use it on you. I think my number two is probably going to be British Kid Game Show Nightmare. Yeah, I I have to agree. I think my number three is the alpha male test. Really? I mean, it's kind of like, what else have we got here? (laughs) Mine was going to be the glue trap Rube Goldberg because it was so silly. That's my number four. I think the weird complexity of it and the Looney Tunes factor of it are really cool but also kind of knock it down for me in a way. Okay. So you have that as your four. I have my four as alpha male. Okay. And then from here, I think I'm going to go fish hook. Uh, I'm putting monkey bar for five. Really? Okay. It just cracks me up. <laughs> it's very silly, <laughs> but not like silly enough in a Looney Tunes way that I would give it like a higher ranking. Yeah. For my number six, I think I'm going to do orthodontist because I liked that in theory. I feel Mm -hmm. like there was a lot of potential there. So I want to just like base my ranking off of that. For my six, I'm going to say leg press. I thought the leg press was cool in theory. My number seven will be the monkey bar. My number seven is orthodontist. It makes me think too hard about it. I shouldn't have to think so hard about the logistics of it. Yeah. All right. So my number eight is going to be the see no evil leg press. Mm -hmm. Uh, Swing cage and then fish hook on principle is my bottom. If I were to give a rating, if it didn't gross me out, I don't know, it'd probably be at like three, uh, five. My number eight was see no evil leg press with my number nine being the swinging cage. Yeah. Nine traps. It's a lot. Nine traps. Goddamn. And Nicole, what's our death count up to? Give, give me the in memoriam. All right. <laughs> so in memoriam, R.I.P. Dina, Alex, Evan, Kara, Dan, Jake. Nina, Suzanne, Kale, Joyce, Gibson, unnamed cop one, unnamed cop two, unnamed SWAT team member one, two, and three, Adam the coroner, guy in the hallway, receptionist, detective one, detective two, and Jill. Nicole, 22 people died in this movie. (laughs) You know what that brings our count to? It brings our count to 69. Hell yeah. We did it! We did it! That's why they wanted to end the movies here. 69 (laughs) confirmed kills. Oh my god. Obviously there are more, but this is what we've seen. Exactly. These are confirmed deaths. Yep. That's so funny that we're at 69. Yeah. Do you have any fun facts, Nicole? I mean, we kind of jumped straight into traps here. That is true. Uh, Let's see. So this had to be submitted six times to get the R rating because they wanted to rate it an NC-17. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Me neither. 
So, of course, this was originally intended to be two films. So final chapter parts one and two, because that makes sense. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, how they would have made that work because everyone is dead. Yeah, basically before seven even starts. Well, because this is also the time where everyone was like, let's split the final movie of this franchise into two parts for the extra money. Yeah, but I mean, they were already signed on for eight movies. Mm-hmm. And then Lionsgate got nervous that six underperformed and they were like, uh, just one more, actually. Yeah, so they made it the worst one. <laughs> In retaliation. <laughs> So I guess Harry Elwes was supposed to return at the finale of part one for the drama. Mm. And then part two was going to tie everything up. Uh. But yeah, after Saw 6 did not do well at the box office, Lionsgate decided that the two parts would be turned into a single film. The producers and writers stated that lost elements from the original two-part script might be used in future sequels or prequels. Mm. Interesting. So we can see how this ties into later movies. Yeah, I feel like this ending is open enough that you could do some more if Carrie Elwes was ever willing to come back, which he's not. Mm-hmm. But it's actually much more of a solid conclusion than I thought it was. I agree. Mark is imprisoned. Everyone's dead except for Dr. Gordon and uh, Brad and Ryan. Mm-hmm. And I feel like these three aren't going to actively go out and get more people. I feel like Dr. Gordon was the apprentice that Jigsaw called in occasionally. He was like a more of a freelancer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Larry, can you maybe sew a key behind somebody's eye? Mm, I, I don't know. Um, I can try. I do wonder after all this, because Dr. Gordon did survive. So what happened with <laughs> his family? Like, is he cool with his family? Because now he's off doing Jigsaw shit. I have an answer for this. Oh, um, hang on, let's let's talk about rating the twist here if okay. you're done with fun yes. facts. Yeah. That's what it. do you think of the twist, Nicole? Uh the twist being that Gordon is the jigsaw. Yeah. I saw it coming. Still fucking slap though. It does slap. It does make me ask why. Yep, that was gonna be my next thing. What does Larry get out of this, Dr. Dr. Gordon, what what are you doing? Because the Saw Wiki says that at some point in some supplementary media. It was confirmed that Dr. Gordon's family left him after the events of Saul because he just like couldn't get over it. Man, so traumatized. And his wife's like, mm, I'm leaving your traumatized ass. Oh, oh damn. Women, am I right? <laughs> Bitches be crazy. And so I kind of get maybe he's turned to John as like his only friend now. <laughs> and he's got a little bit of the Stockholm maybe too. But it is a twist that doesn't make the most sense but I'm willing to let it go because it makes enough sense because it was so like deeply tied in. Yeah. Cause that was one of the things I was wondering. I'm like, what happened here? Like why, why, yeah. why, <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> so pretty good twist despite flaws. Nicole, how did Mark in the end live up to the legacy of John as Jigsaw? <laughs> oh my God. He, he, he did the worst fucking job. He literally did the exact opposite of what John would have wanted him to do. Yeah. To go out on a full killing spree. Like, John would not have stood for that. That's why he had to go. Yep. He literally, like, more or less killed Amanda over this. Yeah. If John had lived, like, another week, he would have been so angry. Oh my god, absolutely. Because this has only been, like, a week, I think. That's fucking wild. It's been. Hey, it's been. How useless were the police, Nicole? Oh, hella useless. All they did was die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they could not hold themselves against one man with a knife. Yeah, Jesus Christ. The, the, he fucking ramboed out like nine cops. 
fucking wild. I guess he did it somewhat stealthily. Nobody drew their gun or anything. He just kind of walked up to them. And I have to assume they were probably like, oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so cops were hella useless this time around, as always. Yeah. So who deserved to be here the least? Oh, absolutely Joyce. Joyce. She did nothing wrong. If we're not saying Joyce, then I'm going to say Kale. I don't know, man. I don't think he had the most to do with this. I think he was just the idea guy. Yeah. I mean, unless, again, we don't really know the extent of his participation. Okay. Then, I don't know, Sydney, who's in the lawnmower trap? Yeah, because she was being abused. Yeah. And who deserved to be here the most? The racists. Yeah, the racists. Yeah. All four of them. (laughs) (laughs) They're tied for first. I'm not even giving a second. Nah. The racists. (laughs) (laughs) Because we have our our top four right there. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So you started to say last time that we were going to see another accomplice, but then you rescinded it because you were like, I need to think about it going in that this is the last chapter. Ah, damn. Yeah, you outthought yourself. Damn it. (laughs) <laughs> I was playing 4D chess against myself and I lost. <laughs> <laughs> you also said that Jill would set up a trap for herself. She did not. She was stuck in a trap. She was in a trap. You said that Mark would be outed as Jigsaw, which is correct. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. He does the video and he's like, I got to do this. There's another trap going yeah. on. <laughs> and... You said that Erickson would live. Incorrect, it seems. Which I feel it would have made more sense for him to live instead of bringing in someone completely new because who the fuck is Gibson? Besides a martini with an onion in it. (laughs) And then my other prediction was that Pamela would return, which she did not. She did not. I feel maybe a missed opportunity. Yeah. I know, because I definitely thought that people would have to come back. Mm-hmm. Make me one of the writers because I feel like it would have made more sense for Erickson to have lived through all that bullshit somehow, worse for wear, but to have lived. So we have some tie in to like all these people who have been involved with the Jigsaw case since the earlier movies mm-hmm. have a cast in this final movie that makes more sense than just a bunch of random fucking people. Yeah, I don't like the Jill and Mark show. I don't like them. They truly suck. Yeah. So predictions for Jigsaw. I'm going to predict... Saw, the final chapter, is the end point of the timeline for the entire Saw franchise. I think that nothing significant happens after this. I think that we're going back. I fucks with that because I feel like with a name like Jigsaw, we have to go into the roots of Jigsaw. Yeah, like slightly more of an origin story or like a how does John live kind of thing. Yeah, I'm going to go opposite though. My prediction will be we will move forward in time to a post jigsaw world where how at the beginning of this movie, I thought it was like kind of a social commentary and all that stuff. I think it's going to be something (laughs) like that, but canon for real this time. Okay. Where we see like, you know how like in Scream after the first couple of nonsense things happened, they started making like the stab movies and people were dressing up in ghost face masks and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's going to be something like that. It's going to become part of like the mainstream somehow. Okay. I don't think Mark is ever coming back. I second that one. Yeah. And I think that one of our new protagonists is going to have some kind of ties to Jigsaw. Either they are like friends at some point or family, or they just straight up are revealed to be an accomplice. I feel like we cannot move forward unless like there is some kind of tie there. So I'm just trying to think of like what would make sense because this came out when? 2010? Final chapter came out 2010. Yes. 
Okay. 2017 was Jigsaw. Because mm-hmm. if we have any tie into the previous movies, I'm like, who could we be working with? Like fucking like Lynn and Jeff's child. <laughs> She's the Jigsaw. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I kind of want to go the route of like a Jigsaw enthusiast. You know, like we have like those like true crime buffs who go really off the rails, like looking into mm-hmm. shit and get obsessed with it. I feel like it's going to be something like that. And so it's going to be a big fan who tries to carry on Jigsaw's legacy. Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to make one last meta prediction. Ooh. I think that Jigsaw is going to cinematically look very generic. It is not going to look like the other Saw movies. It's going to look like a regular ass action movie. It's going to be like vaguely orangey brown tinted. And I think that I'm going to wish that David A. Armstrong was back, which he probably isn't. I'm going to predict that the blood's going to look better in this movie than it did in this movie. Okay. I think that's it for predictions. I'm going to predict that the lady with the one arm will come back just because she's come back already like two times. (laughs) (laughs) What's your final thoughts on Saw 7, a.k.a. Saw 3D, a.k.a. Saw the final chapter, Nicole? What a piece of shit. It was like not a good (laughs) movie. But... Once I started seeing it as an action movie, I did have a lot more fun with it. The twist, predictable, but still slapped. I feel like now that we've gone over it, I feel like I definitely had more fun than I initially thought. I will not be rewatching this one anytime soon. Nope. I think one time is good for me. Agreed. I think that this one was pretty bad. Yeah. But in the third act, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I wish it was tied in more, to be honest. I agree. I think that they squandered this. I think that they should hire us as writers for Saw 11. They really fucking should. We know what we're talking about. Also, I'm built different. So put me in one of those fake traps so I can see if I can get out. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing more I want than to be put in a fake Saw trap just to see if I can survive. Honestly, (laughs) we got to play the Saw video games. Oh my god, no, I'm, I'm so bad. I love horror, but like scary <laughs> video games, I can't do. I'm like too baby for them. <laughs> okay, well, Nicole, next time we're going to be watching Jigsaw. Oh boy. But until then, where can people find you outside of this basement? People can find me on Twitter at SexyPagliacci. That's S-E-X-Y-P-A-G-L-I-A-C-C-I, the sad clown. Where can the people find you? You can find me at Punk Dyke on Twitter, P-U-N-K-D-Y-K-E. I can't believe nobody had that at. And if anything happens to that at, I have an oncologist standing by to act with extreme prejudice on my behalf. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> and you can find the show on Twitter at We See Saw. Same name as the show, coincidentally. You can email us at playingontheseesaw at gmail.com. Tell us how much you bench. Would you survive that one trap? Would you become a jigsaw apprentice if some guy poured a little bit of water on you and gave you a prosthetic foot? Yeah, if you <laughs> if you were baptized, would you become a jigsaw? <laughs> okay. Well, until next time, game over. getting kicked in the face at Warp Tour? Did you shatter your glasses in a mosh pit in 2007? Did you wear more studded belts than a Final Fantasy character? Then we have the show for you. 
We are So Emo I Fell Apart, a podcast about third wave emo, late night live journal updates, burnt hair, and everything in between. Join us every second Saturday as we examine major moments in the history of emo and keep you updated on current events. Because it was never a phase.